Hi guys, welcome to a new episode for the Disorder Podcast. We are on episode number two. If you're new here, my name is Jamie. This podcast talks about all things eating disorder related and just kind of changes the conversation around beauty standards, body dysmorphia, and you know, all that really fun stuff, I know. But today we are talking about the history and evolution of eating disorders and beauty standards and how they've developed into what they are today. So I think this is really important to talk about because we need to know the context behind eating disorders and why society treats them the way they do and why they even exist, honestly. Because once we know the history of them, we can know where to go in the future and change the conversation around them. Eating disorders aren't going anywhere anytime soon, unfortunately, is my assumption, at least. They've been around for hundreds of hundreds of years, and that's just them being recorded. I'm sure they've honestly been around since the beginning of time. So let's learn how to change the conversation, because I think if enough people do it, then it'll create a snowball effect and everyone will do it hopefully to the point where we no longer shame people's bodies for looking different or not being the trendy body of the moment so let's just get right into it so disordered eating has been around in different forms since the beginning of time I'm sure, but they really became prominent and recorded in history around the 19th and 20th century. So that's what I'll really be focusing on, as well as the 21st century, of course. So in the 1800s, the desired body shape was very full, very plump body, just really full figure. Being that plump body shape showed wealth during the time because It basically meant that you could afford good food and a lot of it too. And, you know, people still wore corsets to get that clenched waist look, but they really wanted just full arms, full legs, even though, you know, they weren't really showing that in everyday life, but full face with snatched waist, (laughs) that rhymes, to really accentuate their chest and other areas of their body and even wore puff sleeves to get a really desired full-body look. So then we start to shift into the 1900s, and the most notable beauty trend was definitely the 1920s with the flapper girl emerging. Desired bodies shifted from full plump figures to stick thin with bones vibes, like just no fat whatsoever. People really wanted a boyish figure, And those aren't even my words. I mean, in every magazine that I looked at during this time, they were just hyping up flat chest, really downplayed waist, and some magazines literally worded it like, you want to look like a 12-year-old boy. You want no shape, you want skin and bones, and you just want to be super adolescent looking. So that's a really big shift already from... A few years prior and after the 1920s we shift into the Hollywood golden age so the 1930s to 1950s 
in this era, people really wanted their curves back. They wanted large boobs, small waist, and just really refined hourglass figures. Obviously, Marilyn Monroe was the poster child during this time, and she was just really curvy and voluptuous in all the right areas, and people really wanted that. The magazines loved her, of course. The movies obviously loved her, and she really became the first icon of what people wanted. Before this, there weren't really people that young girls would look up to to want to obtain certain aspects of them and it really wasn't until Marilyn Monroe became the first icon the first Hollywood icon that people wanted what she had and so that's kind of when the eating disorders came into play in that aspect where magazines were trying to tell people how to look like her with just the most unhealthy and unobtainable way, but they knew that's how they would get the magazines to sell because they knew that's what people wanted. So to them, it didn't matter how it affected their customers as long as their customers kept buying their magazine. And they did keep buying it because their methods weren't working, so they kept trying. Anyway, so then we had right into the 60s where the trends were really thin slim figures with hardly no curves people didn't accentuate much besides the legs and they really wanted young looking figure again we kind of you know what's the word um teeter-totter i guess (laughs) from boyish figures adolescent figures to really grown up big chest thin waist it kind of bounces back and forth so the 60s where it goes back to that kind of adolescent figure boobs weren't really accentuated during the time and they mostly just wanted to highlight their long slender legs and if you look at any fashion during the time a lot of it was short dresses short long sleeve dresses of course the go-go boots are iconic and those really accentuated the legs they just really wanted to show them off they wore high-waisted pants this is kind of you know high-waisted existed obviously in the 50s with the skirts but this is where girls really started using their assets um in the leg region if you will so high-waisted pants kind of made their fashion history during this time because this is where the high-waisted really started accentuating rather than kind of covering up things so they just further gave the illusion of those long legs (laughs) so then we go into the 80s and this is where athletic build really becomes all the rage people wanted long-toned arms muscular legs thin waist the whole thing it wasn't trendy anymore to have a young body or boyish body adolescent looking body but girls really wanted to look lean and fit and this is where dieting just skyrocketed and surprise so did disordered eating 
articles were coming out with just the most random like food and dieting trends there was a point where they said that avocados were just the devil's food because avocados if you don't know are pretty much all fat which of course there's a difference between saturated fat and healthy fat and avocados are so good for you because you need fat to live you need every food group can't stress that enough but people were terrified of avocados because why would you willingly eat fat in their mind is what they told themselves and of course the media and magazines were the ones telling them and they just believed it they were doing anything and everything to avoid hunger including pills or just sleeping during meals that was literally a trend that a magazine said is if you're hungry just go to sleep because you can't be hungry when you're sleeping just the craziest thing and here's something i really want to emphasize here people are so confused why the things they were doing weren't working they were not having lasting effects which we know now with science that your body has a set weight point at where it's its healthiest no matter what you do no matter how you fluctuate If your body's in its healthiest state, it will always go back to its set weight point. So these dieting fads that would maybe make them lose a couple pounds for a week, once they start going back to their set weight point of being healthy, they would gain those pounds back because those pounds their body needed to be healthy. And so they would just go on to the next dieting trend. So now we kind of know metabolism adapts. So if you have fewer calories, your metabolism slows down and your body starts clinging to food and fat because it goes into starvation mode. It doesn't know the next time you'll feed it sufficient nutrients. So anytime you eat, it automatically stores some of it as fat. I'll get more into the science behind why eating food is literally good for you but let's just really focus on the history today all right so then we move into the 90s where the ideal body was labeled as heroin chic i kid you not it was trendy to look like you were addicted to heroin now i'm a 90s baby i guess i don't really feel like i have the right to claim that because I was born in November of 1999, so obviously I remember nothing about the two months I was alive in the 90s, so that's kind of why I'm talking about it in past tense. So, I mean, who is coming up with these trends? Like, it just, it makes no sense. During this time, it was trendy to look sickly thin to the point where your skin lost pigment. Just awful. And then we kind of move on to the trends as we know them today. We have the thin waist, the big boobs, huge butt, etc. Basically, you need to have fat in all the right places, which, as we know, 90% of those ideal bodies are created through either Photoshop or, you know, a little real-life editing. (laughs) 
So let's just align the history of eating disorders with the trends of beauty and body shape, which I'm sure you'll know how this will go. Where body trends went, eating disorders followed. Any kind of trend that was, you know, sickly thin looking, of course, anorexia would follow. Any trends that wanted that big voluptuous body, a lot of times binge eating disorder would follow. But here's the thing. Eating disorders weren't even treated as a mental illness until the mid-1900s. They were treating eating disorders as a physical illness up until this point, which is crazy. And it wasn't even added to the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, the DSM for short, until 1980. Like, hardly 40 years ago. No wonder our society doesn't know how to raise awareness and have this conversation to help people struggling when it's hardly been 40 years where people are even semi-taking the disorder seriously. And in my opinion, it's still pretty taboo to talk about. No one wants to be labeled as struggling with an eating disorder because a lot of people don't take it seriously. A lot of people kind of look down on it and more so see it as, oh, that's your choice. A lot of people, when you talk about eating disorders, they kind of just look at you like, oh, so basically it's your choice that you're dealing with this. When people just don't realize it's it's a mental disorder like anything else. And it's not like we're out here purposefully wanting these eating disorders and struggling with them for a majority of our life. And we're still learning about eating disorders and what really sparks them psychologically. So no wonder the world doesn't know how to act around them. It's such a weird topic for people to talk about, especially casually. People who struggle with eating disorders, I feel like a lot of times people on the outside can kind of guess, especially when their weight fluctuates. But it's such a taboo topic and Honestly, I know that it's also triggering for the people dealing with it if they're not comfortable. So it's not necessarily, you know, the everyday person's fault for not talking about it casually. But people will talk on the outside about this person who's fluctuating in weight. And they almost feel like they this person struggling with eating disorder owes it to the world. To come out and say, hey, I'm struggling with eating disorder. So that that everyday person can say, yeah, I knew it. I am proven right in that way, I guess. So anyway, whereas eating disorders haven't changed in the past 200 years, ideal beauty standards sure have. We have seen everything from curves to sticks and everything in between. If you don't have a trendy body now, just wait a few months and you'll most likely get your chance for example this isn't really body shape wise but i just remember growing up and hating my freckles people would make fun of me in elementary school people would joke that my face looked dirty stuff like that and now freckles are all the rage people are literally putting fake freckles on every day like when i saw that trend i was shocked because that was something I was made fun of. And now it's a trend and now everyone wants it. Anyway, 
The big question becomes this for eating disorders and body shape. And I really, really want you to think about this question. What do you actually gain from conforming to society's standards of beauty? And what's that versus what you lose? I mean, really think about that. Sure, I'm not sitting here saying that there's no benefits to having the trendy body. Maybe you get a few more compliments. Maybe you feel pretty 1% of the time when people are hyping you up on Instagram. But what about that 99 other percent of the time? When you're literally a prisoner in your own mind. When you're alone at night struggling with your thoughts. When your entire life is being controlled by food. And, okay, this sounds dramatic, but when you're sitting on your deathbed and you're going back on your life and thinking back on your life, do you think you're going to sit there and say, dang, I wish I had a body that looked like this trend during that time? Or are you going to say, I wish I stopped looking for strangers' approval because in the end, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what anyone thinks about you as long as you're happy with who you are, it doesn't matter. And that took me so long to figure out. I'm not going to look back on my life and say, you know, when I was 21, I had the ideal body type and it was great. I know though, I'm going to look back and say, when I was 21, I wish I would have just enjoyed my life more than thinking about how I looked all the time. Because guess what? Your body's health has nothing to do with how it looks. And I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say that a million times if I need to. Your body's health has absolutely nothing to do with how it looks. Everyone has a different healthy set weight point. Everyone has different needs food-wise. Everyone is different and that's great. I know it's so cliche to say, but why are we not celebrating that more? That is amazing. That's so cool that there's almost 8 billion people in the world right now. And God made every single one of us different. Like, really think about that. Why are we wasting time seeing what what's her face is eating in a day on TikTok just to make ourselves feel guilty for eating what our body needs, just for her to turn off the camera and probably eat something similar, but not show it, because that's not what TikTok wants to see. Our body should be celebrated. We can do incredible things. We we can literally do things that no other species can do, which, I don't know, maybe that's too deep, but... (laughs) Why are we trying to control the things that God made to be able to take care of itself? Your body knows exactly what it needs. It tells you when it's tired. It tells you when it's thirsty. It tells you when it's hungry. But but why, when it tells you when it's hungry, do we try to ignore it? If your body's hungry, it's saying, I need energy. Your body's natural desire is to be at its healthiest state. Listen to it. Our body's health has never had anything to do with trending beauty standards. 
The media knows that. They'll put whatever will sell in magazines and we'll sit there and listen. That's why they keep doing it. So let's stop listening to them. Let's stop giving them an audience to sell its hindering lies to young girls that lead into years of mental torture. So, where do we go from here? I really want to challenge you this week to, I guess, challenge your thoughts about your body. I really want to see if you can stop thinking about the physical appearance and really start listening to what your body's saying. It'll be hard at first because you're not used to it, but just like everything, it'll get so much easier with time. I remember when I first started my recovery journey for my eating disorder, the main thing was I didn't know how to listen to my body's cues anymore because I was going for so long of ignoring them. I didn't actually know what my body needed. And it was really hard at first to listen to it because those disorder thoughts tell you to go opposite of what your body needs. But you really just need to keep going trial and error until you really know what your body needs. If your body's telling you it's hungry and it's craving a certain food, give in to it and listen to it. And at the beginning, it might be that your body craves a lot of a certain food group. And that's okay. Just keep listening because it'll even out over time. Once your body realizes that you're not depriving it of anything anymore, it will stop craving it. And that's exactly what my experience was. When I first started my recovery, I ate a lot of certain food groups, but it all evened out over time. And now my body knows exactly what it needs and wants. And I listen to it. And that's what's helped me with my relationship with food the most. So I'll get more into that aspect of everything in a later episode because I want to keep these episodes nice short and sweet so that you aren't listening to me ramble for hours so we'll end it there and dm me on instagram if you do that challenge this week my instagram's at jamie robin j-a-m-i-r-o-b-b-e-n tell me how it goes shoot me a dm (laughs) anyway that's it for today's episode i will see you guys next week bye